welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're broadcasting this week from the Pat Sajak School of Diagnostics here at Car Talk Plaza. The Pat Sajak reference, that's his name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is to Wheel of Fortune. Because we received this week, by special delivery, a brand new diagnostic tool that's going to mark a turning point in this show's history, I want you to know. <laughs> yeah, for better or worse. That has not yet been determined. <laughs> this thing that we got, I, I would have to describe it as a sort of wheel of automotive fortune or automotive misfortune, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. It was sent in by a fellow named Bob. Just Bob. Who lives in the Midwest, and that's the only information he gave us. But to describe it, I mean, it's a beautiful piece of precision machinery made out of the finest red oak and stained. The, the edges have all been chamfered and sanded and, and polyurethaned, and, and it's built around what looks like a, a, a bicycle wheel. And, and you spin it. It's a spinning wheel like you'd see on yeah, Wheel of it. Fortune or uh, what's what the other show? Price is Right. Yeah. Right? And you Here spin the thing. We're going to spin it now. And it's got steel pins, and you're hearing them being slapped by a foam rubber little pointer. And, of course, that foam rubber pointer is going to stop on a thing that tells you Right? That's your diagnosis. For example, it says, do you have a different question for us? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another, next to it is exhaust systems hitting bottom of the car. We've yeah, used one that. Of a, is low uh, tire pressure. Another one is suspension noise. Vacuum leak. Oh, that's a, uh, Bad motor mount. Ah, uh, yes. The thermostat. See, I mean... I don't know how we managed to do the show all these years without this. Thing. Well, Bob has managed through ver some very clever sampling to determine which 12 or 13 answers we use <laughs> most often. Oh. And I think clever sampling really in re revolved around listening to two shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it will be interesting to see if the thing turns out to be more accurate than we <laughs> Well, how hard can that be? <laughs> anyway, if you have a question about your car or anything else and you'd like our opinion or the opinion of the wheel... <laughs> Give us a call. We're at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-825. Hi, this is Paul from Camden. What's what's going on, man? Uh, well, I have a 1990 uh, Turbo GL Volvo estate. Uh, that's a station wagon for anybody out there who doesn't speak English. <laughs> and she's a beaut, but she has a problem with her heating fan at the moment uh, that makes it sound like there's a strangulated turkey in the uh, glove department. <laughs> It may be. <laughs> uh, well, there, there's a lot of wild turkeys around here. We may have caught one underneath, and it's stuck in there. I don't know. So and whenever you turn on the heater, you get, can you make that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like that, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it has three different sounds, really. One, <laughs> one is a kind of continuous strangulation, which kind of sounds like... And then every now and then it stops doing it for a while, and... It'll just do it intermittently, so ah. I'm driving down the road, and it'll Excellent. go. <laughs> spin the wheel, Pat. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold All right, on Paul. a second, Paul. Look, at, we're, we're going to spin the wheel and see if we can come up with a, an answer for you. Okay. Uh, what is the show we, we've this, reduced this, to? Oh, okay. Do you have a different question for us? <laughs> <laughs> That's a category no, you've landed on. <laughs> this, is, this is it. Okay, then we'll have to answer it, it, I we're trust. We're close because we almost stopped on it's not fuel-related. Okay. Right, it's electrical. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's wrong is that the bearings on your blower motor, on either end of the shaft of the blower motor, okay, are ball, little ball bearings. Right. And no, there were. There, there were. Now, now they're, now they're, are, they're mostly dust. This, it, car's got 268,000 miles on it, so it doesn't surprise me. So someone is going to have to take apart the whole heater box, and they're going to have to replace the motor. Unless, of course, you decide to live with the noise. Well, I, 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 I'm kind of getting attached to the noise, but it, on occasions it's kind of interesting. Like, the reason I know how many miles are on the car is I just had to register it, because huh. I got stopped by the police last night for driving around with a registration that had expired last October. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so I know how, then I was sitting there with a the flashlight shining over my shoulder, rummaging through the glove compartment, and of course the fan is going, like this in the background. <laughs> and eventually I had to turn it off because there was enough stress as it is with a flashlight over my shoulder. Well, maybe you ought to fight back. You ought to get some kind of a device that, that makes a competing sound. The only sound we ever get in our car is listening to Harry Potter being read on the tapes that we listen to all the time. Well, I have this thing that I just got for my birthday. I had, you have a birthday? I had a birthday recently. And, and for my birthday, from my wife, I received a device which does animal calls. 
Yeah. And I installed this very thing in my Honda Odyssey the other day, and it does... <laughs> and it does... <laughs> and it does all these stuff. So you could drown these out with your own. It has a little loudspeaker. Sure. Right? I'd fight back. I wouldn't give up. But when you find out what this costs to replace this, this yeah, you may well, live. That's what with. I'm worried about. I, I I've been into the mechanics before, and I said, "Why well, I have a problem with the heating fan?" And they just gave me one of those looks. <laughs> yeah. If, like, you know, so what? I'm not taking that apart. Yeah, it's many hundreds of dollars. But what you can do, you know, if you, <laughs> if you if you turn the thing up to high for the first few minutes that you drive the car, yeah, and fill up the passenger compartment with hot air right and of course you can't turn it on until the engine reaches operating temperature so you yep. have to drive it you know with the heat off for the first five or six or ten minutes maybe and then and just blast it blast out. it listen to the noise put the radio on full blast too and then when it's warm enough inside you can turn the radio down you can turn the heat off yeah, this is Maine, though. That doesn't work. That might work mm. down in Massachusetts. It doesn't work here. Oh, yeah, you that's right. Full time. You have the blast of heat every now and then. Otherwise well, you, well, you have to bite the yeah. bullet then and spend the 400 bucks and do it. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, it might be five by now. In fact, if you... <laughs> wait, wait, what's <laughs> more than the car is worth? <laughs> it is more. Buy a new worth. car. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck, but that's what it's going to cost if you want to fix it. Okay. See you, Paul. Thanks a lot, Thanks boys. for your call. See you. 888-CAR-TALK. That's... 260,000 miles. That's pretty good. That's all right. Oh, no, it is, it is good. I'm good yeah, to admit. That, re that reminds me. A few yeah. weeks ago, I issued a challenge. We had a call from someone with a Lexus that had 350,000 miles I remember. On it. And I said I couldn't believe there'd be any American cars that would last that many miles. No, in fact, you were quite dismissive about it, if I, re I remember correctly. Oh, moi? <laughs> well, anyway, I challenged anyone with an American car with 350,000 miles on it to email me and prove me wrong. And? Well, the volume crashed my server. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we got over 100 emails. In fact, I got one of them right here. Okay, go it's ahead. from a guy named Bob Cunningham, and all he wrote was, my 68 Buick Sport Wagon has over 790,000 miles. Wow. So there. Well, I, I, not to discredit Bob's 790,000 miles, but he could be on his fourth engine. Uh, he didn't I mean, the say thing that. about the Lexus that impressed us, if we could believe the caller, I believe he said, I haven't done anything to this car. I just got. I'm just driving it, it and I got 350,000 miles. Right. I'm, I'm assuming he changed the oil you know, on some regular basis, but other than that. So, Bob Cunningham, can you say the same thing, or are you going to tell us that you put four engines in? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Bob, call us. <laughs> right. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Kelly calling from Manchester, New Hampshire. Hi, is Kelly. Is that with one E or two? It's two E's. Oh. From Manchester? Uh -huh. Yes. What's going on? How can we help you? Um, well, I have a 98 Toyota Corolla. And I have a quarter stuck in my steering wheel. Where? In the very front, like where the horn is. Oh, between the between the where that crack is between the wheel. Yes. And yeah, okay. And you can um, see the end of it. No, it's jingling in there. <laughs> so when I when I turn the wheel, um, you hear it jingle around, but occasionally it gets stuck on the, the horn stuck, yeah. and the horn will be going off. And, um, <laughs> I will be driving down the road, and, you know, people will be looking at me and giving me dirty looks, and I've already been pulled over once for this, and um, the police officer told me that I shouldn't try and remove the, the steering wheel cover because the airbag could ignite, and I'm, my question is, is this a safety issue, or is it just a nuisance that I can It's just a nuisance. Well, it's, 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 it's uh, <laughs> there, I guess there is a small chance... Yeah. There is a spot. Ah, yeah, I suppose that. There is true. a chance that the quarter could ignite the airbag. Yeah, well, that's why she's not going to do it. No, no, I mean, <laughs> she's even but give even, it to a mechanic to do even it. Even if there were nothing wrong, you could ignite the airbag by taking the steering wheel off improperly. Okay. How would we know this? <laughs> <laughs> we would know this because one of us has done it. Now, which one of us would that be? It wasn't me. <laughs> It's the okay, one that now looks it. like the boxer Carmen Basilio. <laughs> Wait, how many times have you done it? <laughs> no, no. I actually, we recently uh, actually set off an airbag on purpose at the shop just to just you to did. kind of measure its explosive. No kidding. Force. Yeah, we have we evacuated the entire building. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't as exciting as we thought it was going to be. But really? I never really. I'd seen them set off. Yeah. Plenty of those already. You know, 
after the fact. We had never actually done, done it. it. So we wanted to know what size football helmet <laughs> we, should, we should buy, you know. No kidding. So, you know, Why didn't you call me? I will. I wanted to see that. Next time. I'll be sure to. Any, anyway, so Kelly, you need to have somebody take the steering wheel off. I but do. because it's a 98, you have a driver's side airbag, and, and what they'll do is, is they'll take off the uh, the horn pad, and that's where the airbag is. And once they put that aside, the rest of the job is easy. And once they remove the, the nut to take the wheel off, the quarter will fall off. How did the quarter get in there anyway? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good question. I was talking on the phone in my car because I don't get cell reception in my house. Ah. And I was just banging the quarter on the steering wheel, and, and I was, I don't know, putting it in the crack, and next thing I knew it. So wait a minute now. You were just you were sitting in your car. You're, you're yes. Dr you're driving the no, car. No, I wasn't driving. No, you're just sitting. Oh, there. I thought you were driving, <laughs> and you had a cell phone in one hand and a quarter in the other hand. And don't forget the cup of coffee. And the right. cup of coffee. No, so you were just you were just sitting oh, okay. there. You were just sitting in I was the sitting car. There. Parked. It, it's a nice spot. It's a nice place to converse. Yeah, actually, very it's comfortable. Nice, yeah. nice and quiet. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so the quarter found its way in there. And what were the first two words you said when that happened? <laughs> what was well, the I second word? I can't say it on <laughs> the radio. But... Was the first word, oh? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, need, I, I think you need to get the quarter out. Okay. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. So and you've got to take expensive? it to a mechanic, and he will do it gently and okay. with great care. And you will be waiting in the other room. Yeah, okay. on the other side of the concrete wall. No, it, it's uh, it's not going to be very expensive. It's gonna, okay. it's probably no. going to be uh, less than an hour's labor. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. I don't know what they charge in Manchester, New Hampshire, but I, I would imagine you're going to spend somewhere between fifty and a hundred bucks to do this. All for and a quarter, huh? All for, yeah. All well, for it's, a quarter. And you're going to get a twenty-five cent discount when you get the quarterback. <laughs> good luck, Kelly. Thank you. See you later. Boy, oh boy. Eight 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 car talk. That's eight eight eight. Two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Donna from Flagstaff, Arizona. Hi, Donna. What's going Donna. on? Hey, I have a '94 Colt Vista that the floor of the driver's side keeps getting oil coming up under the mat. Unlike when I get out of my car, I walk and I leave footprints of oil really away from the car. Yeah, I've taken it to my mechanic, and he said, "Well, sometimes in Colt Vistas, the rack and pinion leaks up." into the cab area and you could just like poke a hole in the bottom and let the oil out as huh. long as you keep a lot of oil also oh, he he thinks that the rack and pinion is a little bellows at the at the where that rack and pinion comes through the floor he thinks that in fact your rack and ah. pinion your power steering fluid is coming up yes. are, are you adding power steering fluid to this thing yes wow. oh, you are. You are. Well, excellent you that's the oil <laughs> <laughs> yeah I go about every other day to the lube place and say, top off my power steering fluid, please. Yeah. Oh, so it's that much? Yeah. Every couple of days. Now, you got to do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did do something about it. He said, well, you can get a new rack and pinion. So I said, well, okay. How much was that? That was like $600. And? It seems like there's no more oil coming into the cab. But now I have dripping oil underneath the car, like in a line. Every time I park overnight or for a long time. But you're not adding power steering fluid at the same rate that you were. Not at all now. Not yeah. at all. So, so it could well be just stuff that's left over. Okay. It could be residual. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he, in fact, made a hole or two. In, I mean, the only way to get that stuff out is to take the carpet out, throw it away probably, and okay. and uh, just, what would I do if this were my car? <laughs> I don't think you want to go there. <laughs> No, no. I, I, here's, here's what you do, I think. He, he, see if he's punched any holes in the floor. And what you could do is you could punch a big enough hole in the floor so that whatever was there would leak out pretty fast. And you could put a, a bunch of kitty litter underneath the car and leave it parked for a weekend. Hey, in fact, I do have kitty litter in my garage there you go. under my car to soak up the oil. Well, <laughs> if, if the hole were big enough, you'd, you'd get rid of most of it. And then you could put some of that kitty litter actually on the carpet. So I could keep this car for another 165,000 miles? Oh, sure. Because it's a great car. Yeah, and then, you know, you might, work. Be, you might want to fix the holes in the floor after the stuff leaks out so that if you do develop an exhaust leak, you don't get carbon monoxide poisoning. Wait, that, that we didn't ask the oh, wheels. Wait. Hold on just a second. See if the wheel knows this. Okay, hold on. Ready? I don't see it. I'm looking for a category. Never mind. I just, just spin the damn wheel. Jeez, all right. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Look. Oh, ah. 
The exhaust system is hitting the bottom of the car. I don't like it. I don't like it either, but... Even low tire pressure is not good. It's not. Vacuum leak, suspension oh. noise, or oh, the wheel has let us down. Oh. Try some fine automotive, bad motor mount. Okay, well, we're out of luck. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll but try the kitty litter. Try the kitty litter, and then afterwards you can, you can bondo up the hole so you don't get, uh, you know, CO poisoning. Okay. Not that it's likely to happen, but it, you never know. Good luck, Donna. He's only going to make little pinholes in the floor. Thank you. All righty. See you, Donna. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, look, it's time for me to ask, uh, you know what the question is, don't you? What? Do you remember last week's puzzler? Oh, last week's puzzler. Uh, last week's puzzler was about a guy who spends mm-hmm. half his money on one woman, two-thirds of his money on another woman, and you're supposed to figure out how much does he have left. No, no, that was the meeting that you had with your lawyer about your alimony payments. <laughs> <laughs> you get things a little confused. Oh. <laughs> last week's puzzle was about a guy, his dog... And a hill that they would climb every day. Oh. This ringing any bells? Not that I can hear. <laughs> I didn't think bing, so. Bing, bing. Anyway, we'll be back with the whole story and more of your car questions in just a minute, so stay tuned. It was only a rear ender, a little fender bender. But now my car makes noises like a toad. Should I take a bus, bike? Or walk. Or call those nuts and car talk. It sounds like something's about to explode. Click and clack, get me back on the road. And even though the FBI decides to start a most unwanted list whenever they hear us say it, this is NPR. back you're listening to car talk with us click and clack the tappert brothers and we're here to talk about cars car repair and uh, the answer to last week's puzzler yeah and this was a mathematical puzzler and it was sent in by lots of people over the years and i finally got desperate enough to use it last week <laughs> here it is a man who owned a dog lived at the bottom of a hill and it was his habit every morning to walk his dog the three kilometers to the top of the hill and then back well time has gone on and the dog has gotten older the man still walks to the top of the hill every morning, but the elderly dog can't quite keep up with him. In fact, the dog can only travel half as fast as the man now. Ah. So now what they do is this. The man starts out at his usual steady pace, and the dog follows at half that speed. Mm-hmm. You with me? Yeah. So when the man reaches the top of the hill, he turns around and starts walking back down the hill, maintaining the same steady pace. Eventually, he meets his dog, who's still coming up the hill. The dog turns around. And they both head back down together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, because he's now going down the hill, maybe the dog keeps up and maybe he doesn't. But they, anyway, they pretty much arrive at home at the same time. And the question is... Wait, wait. So the dog can keep up with him going down the hill? Oh, because gravity's helping him out. (laughs) So this is a two-part question. Part A, what kind of a dog is it? And part two, how far does the dog walk? And if you got either part right, you'd get credit. (laughs) Well, I don't know what kind of a dog it was, but I do know how far he walked. Now, you could make an algebra problem out of this, and as such, it would be pretty difficult to solve. Yeah. You could, you could, I, I'm I sure you could solve it. But I don't it want to do it that way. It wouldn't be, it's easy if you just think about it. Oh. When the man has reached... That's the, even harder. <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, sometimes it is harder than doing the algebra. When, a man has re, when the man has reached the top of the hill, he's, he's walked three kilometers, right? Because mm-hmm. the whole trip is six. Yeah. But the dog has walked only a kilometer and a half. Correct. Now, the man at that point starts walking back down the hill. Right. But the dog doesn't know that and continues to walk up the hill. Right. At some point, they're going to meet. And the question is, where do they meet? Well, because the owner walks twice as fast as the dog, and and they start 1.5 kilometers apart, right? Right. The man will have walked one kilometer down the hill while the dog is walking up the hill and goes a half a kilometer. A half a kilometer. So the dog will have walked at that point a kilometer and a half plus a half a kilometer. They'll meet at the two-kilometer mark, two kilometers from the house. Uh-huh. So when the dog turns around and heads for home, he will have walked two kilometers up the hill and two, and kilometers, two kilometers down, the, down the, hill. the hill. Excellent. Do we have a winner? The winner this week is Linda Soyars from Aiken, South Carolina, and for having her answer selected at random from among both of the correct answers that we got. <laughs> I mean, the hundreds of correct Thousands. answers that we got. <laughs> 
Winter is going to get from us a $26 gift certificate to the Shameless Commerce Division at cartalk.com, where she can get a copy of our CD of great stories that we have told on the air called Once Upon a Car Fire. Congratulations, Linda. Yippee! <laughs> anyway, we'll have a brand new puzzle coming up in the third half of the show, so don't touch that dial. In the meantime, if you have questions about your car, we're at 888-CAR-TALK. Uh, that's 888-227-8255. And don't forget, we have helping us today the Wheel of Automotive Misfortune. <laughs> yes. So okay. if we can't come up with the answer, you can rest assured that the wheel will. <laughs> Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Kristen calling from Starksboro, Vermont. Starksboro. Yes, about eh, 20 miles south of Burlington. All right, what's going on, Kristen? Well, it's mud season here in Vermont. Oh, yeah. And I drive a 2001 Saturn wagon, and my question is sort of two-part. Uh, in the wintertime, I have... Um, 210 pounds of tube sand in the back of my wagon to help keep me on the road because we live on a dirt road which is connected to another dirt road and it's fairly steep coming up and down so should i keep that in during mud season to help to keep me on the road or is that going to make me sink even more as i do already both okay, good, good. <laughs> that sounds good yeah. i mean what? how bad is the mud season we've never experienced oh, mud I, season i did i lived in Vermont. oh that's right my I, brother lived I there i lived there through one mud season Yes. And? Yes. Well, it was it was a little less painful than the black fly season. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See, yeah. you've been there, you know. When, it, when the mud season was drawing to a close, he said, oh, what could possibly be worse than this? And then the black flies came. Exactly. Oh, I thought, yeah. And I moved out because I heard the locusts were coming next, and I just did, I couldn't, I don't think I could have stood it. So, uh, well, your car is, is a front-wheel drive car only. Right. And I don't think the sand in the back is really going to enhance your traction in the front. In fact, it's okay. probably going to detract from it. Right. And all it's going to do, as you suggest, is it's going to get you stuck in the mud. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd get rid of it myself. Okay. Okay. And just hope that the front-wheel drive is going to keep you going. Yes. And if exactly. it doesn't, we'll talk to you in the summer. Right. When, they, okay. when they dig you when out. When they find you. <laughs> Covered in black flies. I mean, what did, what did you? <laughs> what have you used in years past? Well, just just good studded snow tires in the winter time, and and you know, I keep them on until there's absolutely no more chance of any more snow falling. Falling. So usually, you know, June or July, I'll take them off. You know, something like that. <laughs> I mean, I I have to ask the question. You know, I was talking to someone the other day about you know how we managed to get around before there were all-wheel drive vehicles. Mm -hmm. and I yeah. said, you know, when I lived, in the first house I lived in was at the top of a pretty steep hill, and I don't remember not being able to get home, except I had a rear-wheel drive vehicle, which is probably the worst combination of Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I also had, and I've forgotten. Chains. Bingo. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was many a winter night when I was coming home from work. And you couldn't make it up I the hill. couldn't make it up, and halfway up the hill, I was putting those damn chains <laughs> on. <laughs> And you know, so the, my the reason I mention this is my is because my question is, why don't you have an all-wheel drive or a four-wheel drive vehicle? That's next on the list, um, mm. on the honeydew list, if you will. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yes. So, so you Absolutely. realize that you need one. You, I mean, I mean, you definitely live in an area that requires all-wheel drive. Yeah. You've yeah, got to do it. In fact, if you don't get one, they're going to revoke your your citizenship or whatever you have in Vermont. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in the meantime, throw that sand out. Excellent. I will definitely do that. It can lead to no good. See you, yes. Kristen. Thank you so very much. All right, let us know how the flies are. I will. Wait, we I... didn't spin the wheel for her either. We hold, didn't need it. Hold on a second, Kristen. Well, you want, Tommy wants I to... just want to see what the wheel is doing for us. So far, nothing. Let's see what we got here. This is no good at all. No. Gee, I don't like that. Mm, uh, oh, ooh, apply ooh. for a home equity loan. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Okay. And you can get your all-wheel drive car. You'll be all set. Perfect. There you go. That's perfect. See you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey, you know what time it is? Uh, time to check the bilge pump on the HMS transmission rebuild? No. It's time to play Stump the Chumps.
This is the part of the show where we track down a caller from a previous show to see if our advice led to a solution. Or a four-alarm fire. So who's this week's <laughs> contestant, Tommy? It's Josh from Chicago, Illinois. You remember Josh, do you? Uh, refresh my memory. Well, Josh called us a year ago because he had driven his Corolla past a construction site and gotten sprayed with wet concrete, which had hardened all over <clears> the <throat> side of his car. I suggested he just knock it off with a rubber mallet, but that solution was too simple for my brother. Well, I, I have even a crazier idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for some sort of dangerous chemical solvent. It's, uh, that's yeah. exactly what I'm about to recommend, Josh. <laughs> dangerous oh, chemical great. solvent. You'll, you'll need, that is better. The first thing you need to do is go to the local Army-Navy <laughs> store and buy yourself one of those gas masks. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Then you need to go and you need to buy uh, whatever the highest concentration of muriatic acid oh. is. Well, muriatic oh, acid is what's always been used to remove concrete. In fact, if brickwork is done in your house... Yeah. There's mm -hmm. always some mortar that gets on the bricks, sure. and it's often washed off with muriatic acid and yeah. then washed off with with water. And what, okay. pray tell, does it do to automotive I don't, paint? I don't think muriatic acid affects paint at all, but I would try it on a, <laughs> na I would try it on a neighbor's car first. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear this one. This poor guy's probably driving a car that's half bare sheet metal, thanks to you. Well, what do I know about paint? <laughs> well, we're about to find out. Josh, are you there? I am here. All right, look, wow. be before you give us the gory details, is it true that we have not spoken since your last appearance on Car Talk? That's true. Okay. And that the answer you're about to give us has not been influenced by our staff, the staff of NPR, or by that coupon we gave you for 10 bucks off a Mako drive through <laughs> paint job. <laughs> also true. All right, so, Josh, what did you try? The rubber mallet or the muriatic acid? I did not try the rubber mallet. That's just not that, uh, it wasn't that fun. Exactly. So you tried the muriatic acid? I did, I did. I just went to the local hardware store. They had it, mixed it one-to-one -one with water. And, oh, I use uh, it straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I was a little scared about the straight up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, I, I can't believe it. I mean, it really took it right off. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> much, much faster than I thought it would. How about, how about the, the paint? paint? Are you talking about the paint or the, or the cement? <laughs> I'm talking about the cement. And what did it do to the paint? Nothing. No, it didn't do a thing. No. Excellent. My brother was absolutely 100% right. Now, you, gonna... you, you really were. I, I could not believe how fast it came off. Well, I'm going to tell you the inspiration for that answer. Yeah, yeah. You remember it, huh? Well, yeah. Well, now, no. now I do. <laughs> yeah. The inspiration for that answer was late night TV where they were advertising some exotic car wax. And to oh. prove how, how protective this car wax was, they even poured acid right on the newly waxed car. Yeah, well, it certainly worked out. I mean, it, uh, you know, good as new. Good as new. And lucky as hell. <laughs> you got it. You got it. That's right. Well, look, thanks for playing Stump the Chumps, Josh. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> You're a courageous guy. And by the way, you didn't get the gas mask, huh? No, I didn't. And that stuff stinks. I should have. <laughs> yeah, well, really stinks. Yeah, little do you know, little did you know that you probably eliminated, I don't know, maybe half a billion brain cells. But who's counting? <laughs> who's <right>? counting? <laughs> don't worry. It won't show up for a few years. Bye-bye, Josh. Take care. Hey, if you hear someone you'd like us to bring back for Stump the Chumps, please email us your suggestion from cartalk.com. Why wait? Call us and stump us right now. The number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is uh, Jacob from Westchester. Hi, Jacob. How are you Jacob. doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Not uh, bad. Not bad. What's going on? I have a uh, VW GTI 2003, and um, usually in the morning when it's really cold, I start driving, and I press down the clutch at the manual, and I have to kind of peel my foot under it to get it back up. It sticks to the floor sometimes. Mm. And uh, also, when I, when I do get it up, and it's actually running a little bit okay, I press the gas, and it kind of revs. Even while the clutch is completely up, it kind of revs. I oh. took it to a gas mm. station. I took it to the guy we trust, and he says that there's nothing wrong with the clutch. He's wrong. Well, no, well, he... he, 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 he. I, I, well, what, 
How, uh, how do, on what basis does he say there's nothing wrong with the clutch, and how does he explain the pedal sticking to the floor? He says he can't explain it. So he knows the clutch isn't slipping. I guess so. But you, but you told us that it's slipping. Yeah. When you said when the clutch pedal is all the way up and you rev it, it revs. It revs. That means without the car speeding up. And that's what we call slipping. Ah. So there is something wrong with the clutch. And it may be that the release bearing is sticking. So when, when you've disengaged the clutch, even though you've taken your foot off, this, this vehicle has a cable clutch. In fact, it has a self-adjusting cable clutch. And when you step on the pedal, if when you've taken your foot off the pedal, if the pedal isn't returning, it means that the clutch is still disengaged. And maybe even when you pull the pedal back by hand, the release bearing is still keeping the clutch from engaging. So it may not be that the clutch itself is, is bad, but the clutch is definitely slipping. It's either something external, and I would start with the cable. So I might not need a new clutch. You may not need a new clutch. In fact, how many I miles? Mean, you are... shouldn't need a new clutch. This brand new car here. <laughs> well, how many you... miles? Well, on it has sixty thousand miles on yeah. it. I mean, you should not need a clutch with sixty thousand miles on, unless you are a real klutz. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I sometimes this is a big mistake, but sometimes I teach other people how to drive manual on my car. Oh. Who's that laughing in the background? <laughs> that's, that's one of my roommates. Yeah. Well, he knows. Was, was he one of the knuckleheads you taught manual shift? <laughs> because nothing ruins a, a clutch faster than a than, klutz. Than a, than a klutz, exactly. Than a non, a, you know, a new driver. I mean, you can burn a clutch out in an hour. Really? Oh, yeah. If you really put your, if you really put your heart into it, yeah. Judy did that to my clutch. But I think the first place to start is outside and, and you should examine i think the cable would be the first thing i would look at and probably replace and make sure you can get rid of that problem if you can't get rid of that problem then you got to pull the transmission ah uh, uh, yeah because yeah, you don't want to be hundreds do it's going to be hundreds it's going to be hard well i think you should get all your buddies especially the guy in the background laughing <laughs> you should get to kick in a little bit and help out with this <laughs> So, so how, how many women did you teach to drive stick shift on this? Oh. <laughs> Aha, so you're looking for dates. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's, uh... that's the problem. Well, how yeah. many dates have you gotten? Oh. <laughs> Hundreds, right? Yeah. yeah. What's a clutch? <laughs> what's, exactly. <laughs> Big deal. Right. What's a, what's a clutch when, it, when, yeah. when, when the stakes are this high? Okay. So there's a good possibility that There is a very good possibility. Out. You didn't tell us about this <laughs> until now. <laughs> And, and now it puts a whole new complexion on things. <laughs> and you are one happy guy, <laughs> clutch or not. Yeah, so I think that don't don't worry about the clutch. You may need a new one. But oh. start with a cable. If that works, I'd be surprised. <laughs> and if it doesn't, then then uh, you still seeing any of these, these women that you taught to no, drive? No, actually, now I'm engaged. Does your fiancé drive stick shift? Yeah, they drive stick shift, but she's actually good at stick shift. They? Oh. There's more than one of them? You got two no, wives. No, no, no. <laughs> you can't have too many wives, in my humble opinion. Well, he said you can't have them at the same time. <laughs> well, maybe <Oops>. you can. <laughs> anyway, good luck, Jacob. Thank you so and, much. And hopefully it's just the cable, but I, I don't have high hopes. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. See you later, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Look, it's time for us to take a little break. Good. I mean, I could use a break. I'm very, very tired today. You don't mind if during the break I catch a little shut-eye, do you? Well, I was kind of hoping you'd catch a little shut mouth, actually. <laughs> but that may be asking a little bit too much, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, when we come back, we'll have a brand new puzzle. We will. And what series is it from? Well, interesting, you should ask. This is from the series series. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to give you a, a series of numbers, and you're going to give me the next one ah, in the series. Okay, we'll have that new puzzler and more of your car questions when we come back in just a minute. So please stay tuned. He's got an old brown Cadillac, two miles long. AM prunes at Jimmy Rogerson. Hairline falling wrist on the wheel. Cowboy boots with a worn out shield. Highway back road blocked off dirt. Rolling across the country with dust in his shirt. Beat up guitar, begging to be played. He sings all night and he drives all day. But that ain't all he needs. After a while, he's running back to me. 
And even though listeners remind themselves to hurry up and send their hate mail in before the postal rates go up whenever they hear us <laughs> say it, this is NPR National Public. We're back. Don't wake me up. <laughs> You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Collect, the Tapper Brothers. And, of course, we're here to talk about cars, car repair. But first, the new puzzler. Yeah, I can hardly wait. Well, you maybe change your tune in a minute. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, I'm going to try to remember this one. I think this is, this is right up your alley. Yeah. Get a pencil. Okay. Write this series of numbers down. Yeah. Three. Three. Mm-hmm. Five, four, four, three, five, five, four. Blank. Blank. Exactly. And what's the blank? So here, here are the nine numbers. Three, three, five, four, four, three, five, five, four. They're not grouped like that. I mean, I've even read them as triplets. <laughs> Yeah. They're just three, three, five, four, four, three, five, five, four. Yeah. Blank. Blank. What's the blank? And why? And why? Well, that's the hint. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think you know the answer, write it on the underside of a front gate quilted sombrella hammock with weather-resistant quick-dry fabric, plush quilted cushioning, secure 12-inch side chains, and a deluxe teak Roman arc hammock stand, and send it to Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge. Our fair city. Matt 02238. Or you can email us your answer from cartalk.com. Or if you have a question for us right now, we're at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Tara from St. Louis. Tara? Yes. As in? Uh, With one R or two? One R, one H. Oh, Terra. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's unusual. Yeah. Well, oh. yes. Well, the word, the, the name Terra, even without an H, is unusual, I guess. Anyway, and where are you from again? St. Louis. St. Louis. What's up? Well, I have a 1995 Mitsubishi Mirage with just under 190,000 miles on it. Oh. Um, well, it's done pretty well so far, um, but it's making some disconcerting noises. When I turn it on, it revs at a really, really high rate. Mm -hmm. And then I can pull it into gear pretty easily and start driving. But when I'm braking or it's out of gear, it starts revving and cooling. So it goes, right. So it's, it's, the, the idle is surging. Right. The idle surging. This is a stick shift? Yeah. 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 So when I come to a full stop, it starts revving really high again. Right. And have you uh, discovered how to keep it down? How I haven't discovered how to keep it down. Well, you no. could, you, well, I'll tell you, you could put it in gear and let the clutch out like a third of the way. No, don't pay any attention to that idea. It will, it will also slow down the, cl the clutch a lot, but <laughs> yeah. that's okay. No. But go ahead. You've got I'm enough trouble already. I'm looking for a long-term solution. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that's a little bothersome is when I get to my destination finally, and it gets there, um, yeah. is that when I turn it off, it doesn't turn off right away it sort of shutters first and then dies yeah because it's idling it's for, idling for how high. long oh just for a few seconds a few seconds okay yeah 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 so exactly it sort of yeah. uh, and then stops yeah. that's not do you, do you have a long-term goal for this car i mean what what's... I, <laughs> I do have a long-term goal for this car i'd like this car to last me through graduate school oh oh and how far along are you well, I'm in my fifth year, so not too much longer. Well, that's four years to go. <laughs> if you, I hope not. If, no, if you go by my experience. Usually seven is about the cutoff. Right. Isn't it? I mean, after seven, they, they consider throwing you out. Exactly. Either that or making you president of the university. <laughs> one the I think in my case, they're probably just going to throw me out. What's your field, Tara? We'll let you know if it's worth continuing the pursuit of this advanced oh. degree. American literature and, and women and gender studies. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll find a nice teaching position. I oh, hope so. Certainly. Yeah. How are you going to get there? Well, that's the problem. <laughs> this car has a device which is called the idle air control, which yes, is which is does. designed to uh, let let more air in and and fully fuel injection into thinking that it wants more fuel, and that's what makes the engine idle up when it's cold. So in your case, either the idle air control has gone kaplooey. And, and it's created a vacuum leak of major proportions, or a hose has come off, or there's a hose in the bellows between the air cleaner and the intake uh, manifold. None of which are 
life-threatening things. Okay, good. But but they would all, make the thing all wallet-breaking things, <laughs> right? Also were, good, right? And especially if it's a vacuum leak. I mean, if it's the bellows, you're looking at probably a hundred bucks to replace it, or you know, for three ninety nine, you can buy a roll of duct tape and, and fix it up. But the first thing to establish is that there is a leak. Okay. And you could take it someplace, but I think better than that, you can open the hood and you can kind of feel around while the engine is idling. Okay. And and you can maybe with a uh, if you had a short piece of uh, garden hose, even yeah, you might be able to hear the hissing associated with this vacuum leak. So you may find a hose that's fallen off, or you may find a split in this bellows things that I'm talking about. And it, and if you hear, and and, and you and as that's you it. and as you get near the vacuum leak and, and begin to uh, obstruct it with your hand, you may notice that the surging stops. Okay. And if that's the case, then you can figure out what to replace. Otherwise, take it someplace. But that's what it is. All right. Thanks so much. Okay. And, okay. and good luck and study hard. Because Thank you. the sooner you get out, the sooner you can dump this heap. Thank you. Better <laughs> yeah. See, Thank you. See you, Tara. Maybe not. Bye. Teaching Bye. jobs don't pay that much. No. no. It would be kind of cool being a college prof and showing up in this car. Oh, yeah. 888-CAR-TALK. <laughs> that's 888 Hi, my name is Patrick, and I'm calling from Naperville, Illinois. Hey, Patrick. Hey. What's going on? I uh, I had the uh, good fortune to be rear-ended uh, not once but twice uh, <laughs> in the span of about two months. Oh, lucky and, guy. And that was two years ago. And for the last two years, I've been driving around my upper-middle-class suburb with a torn-off back bumper and a smashed lift gate <laughs> because the two insurance checks netted out to more than the residual value of my 01 Grand Caravan, and I can't bring myself to get it fixed ah. because I'm a terrible cheapskate. Yeah. Uh, but I finally have decided to bite the bullet uh, at least halfway. What I thought I would do is buy a used lift gate uh, from a scrapyard uh, that's in good condition. Wait a minute, before you go on, is, is duct tape involved in this repair at all? <laughs> no, 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 oh, okay. no duct tape. Uh, there was until I got rear-ended a second time. Uh, <laughs> and I was so happy to be rear-ended twice and to know that I was getting a second check that the, I was actually giggling in my car as I got hit. <laughs> so you're going to go to a, 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 a used uh, parts place. Junkyard. Junkyard, yeah, basically. for lack of a better term. Get a, yeah. get a new lift gate. Same year, same model, same color. If you're lucky, yeah. And swap it in. Okay. My question is, is it as simple as it sounds? I mean... It can be, and it might not be. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it's just a matter of unbolting the hinges and removing the... Unplugging the wiring harnesses for the... Uh, for the rear window defogger and the wiper and, and, and whatever else is back there, the, you know, the, uh, the license plate lights. That should be pretty easy. Right. And then bolting the new one up, and if you're lucky, it closes. Right. And if you're right. not lucky, it's probably because things are bent. Ah. Right, because the accident, while it, while it may appear to you just damaged the lift gate, it may have damaged or changed the shape of the opening. Ah, I see. So when you get this perfectly uh, saved piece out of the junkyard, it might be too good. And my, you, my, and you my, might my have, to, have to drop it down a flight of stairs or something to get. <laughs> my my question had more to do. I've got those automatic door locks. Yeah. And my question had to do with when I when I swap in the new door, oh. when I click the door lock, will it actually unlock? Oh, it should. It should. Sure. Yeah. 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 Assuming the one you well, the, the one you get may not have the automatic lock. I mean, I think they make the same lift gate whether you have the automatic locks or not. Okay. You know, but I think they all have that, actually. Don't they? Okay. Yeah. And my last question is the actual, the lock, the actual, where I put the key in the back in case I want to open it with the key. How will I change the lock? Well, you pull off the panel from the inside, and you take that lock out, and you replace it with the one from your old door. I, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly happy to hear you say this, because this is one of the rare occasions in the life of a cheapskate. Where yeah. it seems like I've actually pulled something off. Well, <laughs> well, you may have, and this will be a wonderful thing to happen if it, if it does. So you say you have kids. How old are your kids? Uh, Eleven and eight. Oh, they're well, just old enough to help Daddy oh. hold this thing up. 
And they're going to learn a lot of new vocabulary while they're helping you, Patrick. You understand that? Of course. I think they already know that vocabulary. Oh, no, they're going to learn some new stuff. Oh, absolutely. You know know how old they are? They're just old enough to turn around and check out if any of their friends are looking as they get into my car. Ah. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Well, so this is certainly within your grasp, although you may find out when you're all done that the thing closes but doesn't latch. And you have a, a three-quarters of an inch space on one side and an eighth of an inch on the other side. But I think if you get it close enough, you can then go to a body shop and ask them to do the adjustments. If you're Or just back it up into a pole. There you go. One, one or the other. <laughs> Wait for the next accident. Or just drive around my suburb for another couple of months and get rear-ended again. Good luck. It'll, it, if, if nothing else, it'll be a wonderful experience. For the kids. For the kids. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Patrick. Patrick. All right, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-22-78-255. Hey, this is Amy from Hartwell, Georgia. Hi, Amy. Hey, Amy, Hartwell. How do you spell that? H-A-R or E-R? E-A. H-A-R. There's no heart. There's no love in Hartwell. There's no, oh, no love in Hartwell, Georgia. Oh, that could be a title of a song. Oh, man. I can see see Tammy Wynette singing that. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Amy? Um, I'm calling because I've heard a rumor that my husband has put a tracking device on my car so that he can get online and see where I am at any given time. If this rumor is true, I want to know how I can take it off of my car and put it on his car so that I can see where he is and he can think I'm following him around. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, excellent. Yeah, so, so what? How long have you been married? Um... You know, a little over 10 years. I'll have to ask him next time I see him. <laughs> and and what, why do you think he would want to track you? You know, I guess he might just miss me so much. I don't well, think so. <laughs> maybe in case I have forgotten where I've been, he can look it up and show me. Well, maybe it's just that you're such a knockout, he expects every man in the world to be chasing after you. It, it could be. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. And why would you want to track him? What do you think he's up to? Oh, I don't want to track him. I just thought it would be fun if I found it on my car yeah. and stuck it on his. He would be like, is Amy behind me? Where is she? <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Well, the, I mean, I, I don't know of any consumer-related products that are that are around to do this, but LoJack does this, for example. I don't know if you have that in, in Georgia, but LoJack is a device that's put on your car. It's an anti-theft device. So that if your car does get stolen, the police can, in fact, track your car. And I'm sure these things are available. Yeah, I'm just not so sure if you can get them on the open market. You may have to go to the black market to get them. Uh, you might I, have to take a trip to Marrakesh or someplace I, I like that. I would look in J.C. Whitney catalog <laughs> because J.C. Whitney has everything that's crazy. Yeah, you, you have to go to a place that sells spy stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. spies are us. <laughs> what's the worst thing you might find out if you had one on his car? And what's the worst thing you might find out about you? The worst thing he would find out is that I, I shop more than he thinks I do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what might you find out about him, though? Oh, I don't. I don't think I want to know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and, yeah. and do you want to know? No, no, I'd rather not know. Then it's don't put a device on his car. <laughs> it might start off innocently enough, but you may find. No, you, you, no I don't know. I don't no. like it. I don't like it. I, I don't tell think you. It, this is just a rumor. It's just a rumor. I, I think someone is playing a trick on you. Okay, so the best solution I have is just to play a trick on the person that was evil enough to tell me that. Ah, yes, indeed. That's what I would do because that person is evil. It's my older brother. And, you know, thinking back on it, on my childhood, he is pretty evil. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I can tell you from bitter experience, Amy, that older brothers can be pretty bad. I, I'm with you on that one. So be aware that uh, your older brother is probably goofing on you. All right. And I don't think your husband, but if he did plan something, pretty soon he's going to confront you. I, I think it's wonderful that you know that you you know that he has this device there, but he doesn't know that you know. Oh, That's a pretty she good She doesn't deal. know anything. No. Her brother told her. No, no. Her let's this. let's assume that your brother is right. Okay, if your brother is right, now the only ones that know now are your brother, you, me. Tom, of course, the whole car talks that. Oh, you have five million listeners. But, <laughs> but aside from that small group, your husband doesn't know. That you know. So, so what you want to do is go places that you know he's going to have to eventually confront you about. 
Okay. Oh, that's that's a good idea. What I think you should do is park the car in the parking lot of a strip club. Make them think you're a stripper. <laughs> and then come home with about $200 bills. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Wouldn't it be better if I parked my car at a church and had a friend pick me up and me and her go out, and then my husband will think I've been at church praying for You can do that, night. too. That's good. <laughs> I think you should alternate between the strip club and the church. (laughs) Yeah, I can go. He'll think I'm stripping and then repenting. Exactly. Good luck, Amy. Thank you so much, We'll represent you in the divorce proceedings. Don't worry. All right, thanks. (laughs) See you later. Bye. (laughs) Well, it's happened again. You frittered away another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Our esteemed producer is Doug, the subway fugitive, not a slave to fashion, Bongo Boy Berman. Our associate producers are Louis Cronin, the barbarian, and David Gibraltar Green. Our senior web lackey is Doug, the old gray mayor. Our engineer is John Cartman Parati. And our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor, just back from the Fort Drum, Butter Rum, Cookie Crumb, Papadum, Sugar Plum, Shark Chum, Spearmint Gum, Dim Sum, for the wide of bum, is John Bugsy Lawler. <laughs> our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Margin of Error. Our customer care representative is Haywood Jabuzoff. Our personal makeup artist is Bud Tugley. Our staff orthopedist is Denise Hoyt. Our wardrobe advisor is Luke Howard Fitzhugh. Our accounts receivable <laughs> supervisor from the Mumbai office is Vishnu Payap. <laughs> Our Ralph Cramden impersonator from the Dubai office is Muhammad Ahmad Ahmad. <laughs> Our sleep clinic operator is Betty Bai. Our French dog walker is Poop on the Grass. Our layoff counselor is Oscar La Vista. Our Russian chauffeur is Peekoff and Dropoff. Our optometric firm is CFI Care. Guest accommodations are provided by the Horseshoe Road Inn, and the head of our working mother support group is Erasmus B. Dragon. <laughs> our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is you, Louis Dewey, known to the beret-wearing pigeons in Harvard Square as Yui Louis Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're Click and Clack the Tappert Brothers, and remember this, don't drive like my brother. And don't drive like my brother. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. CDs of the show, which is number 715, along with Car Talk clothing, audio collections, and other Car Talk gifts, are available at 888-CAR-JUNK or by going to the Shameless Commerce division of our website, cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, you can sign up for our free Time Kill Weekly email newsletter. You know, last week when I was in Rome, Time Kill Weekly was reporting that everybody at Car Talk Plaza was expecting a call from the American ambassador saying that I had created some kind of international incident. Oh, some personal grooming violation, maybe? Well, something <laughs> like that. I'm happy to report, though, that my trip was law enforcement free. Did you have any uh, what do you call close calls? Well, nothing that 500 euros couldn't take care of. <laughs> you can get the inside scoop on all Car Talk activities by signing up for Time Kill Weekly on our homepage all week at cartalk.com. 